and welcome back to the 16 millimeter film crew podcast i'm cindy i'm jermaine aka the multimedia doctor expert mm. Mm. and i'm dale <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one that one was a little that one was a little rough um <laughs> it was inspired by our fearless leader No. Oh, no, no. None of yeah. us. Um, you can <laughs> watch us on YouTube. You can like our videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can support us on Anchor for special content. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Okay, so this week we watched The Old Guard directed by Gina Price Blythewood, starring Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane, and Chitwell, 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 Ejiofor. I know how to pronounce his last name. I don't know how to pronounce his first name for some reason. Anyways, yep. <laughs> On Netflix. So, Dale kind of reviewed this last week, but not fully, so we all went to go watch it. What did we think? Yeah, I think y'all should go first, since they have a little bit of my opinions on it. From last week. I don't even remember what your opinions were, but <laughs> we'll hear it again. Ouch. It was so vague. Okay. Jeremy. Well, I mean, what do you expect? It was an action movie and it delivered to in my in my case. Um you had all the elements that you wanted in there. You want a little bit of suspense, a little bit of backstory, a lot of action, and um an interesting story to go go after. As you know, had a nice little theme. Of what do you do with immortality? Because basically, it's about a covert team of um, mercenaries who are immortal, and they go after um, very big problems that could cause massive loss in the world and stuff like that. So, um, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. It was good for what it was. Um, I really think Kiki Lane really stood out. Well, I don't know if she really stood out. I was just happy to see her in it because she was a native son. Native son was kind of blah. So I'm just happy to see her in something else where she could um, kind of show off a little bit of her acting chops. And man, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I had the biggest crush, crush on Charlize Theron. Oh my goodness, man. She was killing it the whole time with them looks, boy. She was just... She's just smoldering. She probably melted like 5,000 cameras on that set, man. <laughs> Look. Uh, I don't know. No, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Cindy, don't give me that look. You do this to, uh, what's his name? Charlemagne all the time. <laughs> Mr. Charlemagne. Mr. Timothy Tim Charlemagne. Timothy Charlemagne. Uh, I, I don't Art Robert Patson. You know, I mean, they deserve it. <laughs> Charlie Theron does too. She's very beautiful. She does. Yeah. Oh, was that it? Was that your? <laughs> of course, you, you <laughs> it's know. Just Charlie, it's just Charlie Trailed off right there. It was. It was definitely her show. I'll say that. Yes, that's very true. It was very much her show. Um, yeah, I I liked this movie a lot. Um, I 
didn't expect it to go where it was going because I didn't look up what it was about before I watched it. So I just kind of went into a blind. And um, at first I was like, okay, whatever. This is going to be like a run-of-the-mill action movie. And then they threw in the twist with the immortality jump. And um, it was good. I, I think I liked what they tried to say about it. Like they were they were trying to make some points. I think that it was very heavy handed. Um, a lot of the themes were very heavy handed. And I kind of wish they were a little bit more subtle. Kind of wish their writing was a little bit better. Um, however, the action sequences were beautiful. I think that they tried to do a lot within small confined spaces and I thought that was really cool because they had to be creative with it, which was dope. Um, everyone did a really good job. Yeah, Charlie's, Charlie's, is that her name? Charlie's, I, I don't, whatever. Um, I think she's very good at the action stuff. She's been doing it for a while now. I remember seeing her in what's that movie? Aeon Flux? Yeah. Years ago, and I was like, yeah, that's dope. So she's been doing it from Trump, so she's really good at it. Um, I, I wanted her character to give me more than she was giving me. She was a little bit blah because she had to play the strong woman. And I don't know if that's her fault or if that's just the fault of the um, writing, but um, she's an amazing actress. So I'm not going to, I won't put that on her. I'll say it's just the writing. I, I, I feel like whenever you're trying to be like a strong woman, it's always not going to, it's never going to be good because there's no depth to that. Like that's not a characteristic. So it's hard to like go deeper with that crap. I think they tried to do something with, something with that with her partner she lost but even then I was just like this is like one scene out of this entire two hour movie I just needed I need a little bit more I needed a little bit more from that and the ending I was just like what <laughs> like so she's so she's dying but she's not gonna die why did y'all even like well I don't know it didn't they set it up to where I thought she was gonna die in the end I was like okay great that would have been a powerful, like, Game of Thrones, take out the main character, leave us, like, wanting more for the next movie, which I'm sure there's going to be. But she's still alive. And I was just like, man, why did y'all make such a big deal about her not healing? I was just confused. Um, anyways, I thought Kiki Lane did fine. I'm sure she did better in Bill Street. I, I just haven't seen the movie yet, so. But, yeah, this was, she was good, I guess. Um. Yeah, um, so yeah, piggybacking off of what I said last week about how the movie was amazing and everything. Um, it's like, okay, so funny enough, most people don't know this, but this, this movie was based on a comic book. Um, but it was, I think it was a five-issue run. The comic book is currently starting on a third arc. Um, they kind of, the, the movie and the comic book, as usual, like with anytime you do any kind of media adaptations, they don't really mesh. They don't really flow. It flows the same, but they expand upon certain aspects in the movie, and they pull any lack in the comic books. Like um, in the comic books, they kind of do explain her, her, her character more, Charlize's character more, about her, her, her character is lonely. Like you had Booker trying to find an end so he can, uh, you know, meet his family in the afterlife. She's also kind of has that want of just being this eternal life to be over. And in the comic book, they they she kind of explains she feels those 
lonely nights with just rampant sex capades all over a place to fill that spot. Um, I do think it was a better move in the movie. It's the same the same writer who wrote the comic book actually wrote the movie. Um, so I, I do think it's a, it was a better move to remove that from her character and kind of ground her in a more serious take in a way. Um, and they don't really... I did like the switch because um, Mr. What's his name? Achinoue, his character is actually white in the movie and they flipped it to make him black. So, Mr. 12 Years a Slave, I can't say his name. Oh, either. I was like, who is that? <laughs> so, they oh, flipped Edgy it. Edge of Four, yeah. They flipped the character. Him. They flipped the characters and they made him black in the movie instead of white. Okay. Um, yeah, if you read the comic, like, I think this movie is much better than a comic. I've read both arcs. Um, they kind of left it open ending in this movie. Even Charlie speaks about it, how it was empowering having a woman director and a, a predominantly predominantly woman crew and female centered characters in the movie. Um, and she hopes that they do do a sequel. Um, in the comic book, they do continue to the um, they do continue the story in the comic book, and they also ex- expand more on her and um, her significant others their relationship and how it actually like all those emotional things you wanted from her character how she's depressed and stuff like that that second arc in the comic actually pulls it out of her more once they realized her lovers returned so yeah if you mm-hmm. love if you love the movie go ahead and read the comic book let them know that you want a sequel because even Charlize wants it so eh. yeah give the lady what she wants give the lady what she yeah. wants I'm not sure what tone they were trying to strike like it seemed like they were trying to be funny in some of the scenes, and I was just like, "This isn't this isn't the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like y'all don't have to make jokes. Like <laughs> this could just be a serious action movie if you wanted it to be." Um, and the music, like they played that one Frank Ocean song, which was a banger, and then the music just seemed so weirdly. It seemed like a, I don't play video games, but like it seemed like something you would, like, hear in, like, Final Fantasy or something. Like, you know, it's, it was just so weird. Like, why? Why? I felt like I was watching, like, a 2008, like, young young adult science fiction movie. It was... I hated the music. <laughs> Whoever was this music supervisor, they can go disappear. Like, Keep that one Frank Ocean song and then just leave. Like... <laughs> when, when, that, when that song came on, I was like, oh, that's a song from Waves. And <laughs> right. Leonardo DiCaprio pointing me... Like that's a song from Waves, but yeah. But uh, I mean, I I want it. I want a sequel to it. I want to see where they go with it. Honestly, to me, from reading both the comic book and watching the movie, the movie is a lot better in the comic book. Um, it's I guess because you don't have to kind of imagine how the characters are emoting. So yeah, the comic book to me is much better than the movie. So yeah. Yeah. I just wanted, yeah, I just wish the writing was a little bit more. Because it's not, because the themes that they try to bring out, I think were really good. I think they tried to talk about, you know, loneliness and depression and family, you know, and community and stuff like that. And like big corporations and what ethics are involved and all that. Like, that's good stuff. I just wish that the writing was more in depth so we can get more out of it instead of it just being like hand fisted to you to be like, these people are gay. Big business is bad. Like, I just wanted them to, like, 
give us some room, you know? I I had no problem with them forcing that um the other two members being gay because that's not a, a thing you see in action movies. And to put it like, and they didn't sugarcoat it all, they kind of just punch you in the face, like, look, they're gay, they love each other. He has this long soliloquy about how he's his everything, his lover. Yeah, see, like, I was why like, was that there? We huh? already knew they were together. We didn't need to be told that. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, look, that was beautiful. I was taking notes. I was like, I gotta use this one day. But, you know. <laughs> I swear, if someone ever said that about me in front of other people, I would feel so uncomfortable. I'd be like, shut up. Like, <laughs> but you see, but yeah, you look though. You like shut so, up. <laughs> you so laugh. Though, like you take, no, like you take the stop, notes and then like, you use it in private. Stop talking, please. So, but. I'm I'm all for it because it's not a it's not a, a thing you see in action movies. I don't have a problem with them showing it. I'm saying we already knew they were together. You know what I'm saying? Like the audience yeah. are the they gave they showed us enough for us to understand their relationship. Did that huge soliloquy need to happen when they were in the back of the van? I don't think it did. Cause we already knew what was up. Well, and they already talked about it. Like it happened in the comic book, so it had to happen in the movie. So okay. hey. All right, fine, fine, fine. fine. Saying, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that's it happened. That's that's what it did in the comic book. So anyway, <laughs> it didn't bother me too much. I was just like, okay, I just want, yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted more, but I also knew that this was an action film and that it wasn't going to be that, you know, whatever. <laughs> like it wasn't going to be amazing. It was good for what it was, and it wasn't a waste of my time, which I respected. So, yep, let's rate this. <laughs> I give it an eight out of ten. If it comes on TV, I probably tune it in. I put it on the um, same. I would rate this. I kind of compare it to um, the Kingsman, like the Golden Circle. Wasn't like a great movie, but at the same time. It was entertaining enough for me to watch it over and over and over again. Plus, I like uh, Taron Egerton's uh, accent in there. We're talking about two. You're talking about two different movies. I know, I know, but I mean, there's. <laughs> what I'm is just saying, accent? I'm, I'm just saying there there are some things. Okay, it's like his accent and the way he says things and the, the action. That was that's what brings me back. And in that case, um. I can make that similar case for this movie. Just some of the the way they speak, you know, Charlize Theron, that's one. And um, the action sequences and the choreography with the action scenes, that would probably keep me watching over and over again. So just to jump out of the rabbit hole that I just dug myself into, um, I'd give it a solid 8 out of 10. I'd watch it again. i give it like a 7.8 out of 10. Mm. Um... The action sequences carry it for me. If those were weak, I'd probably not like this movie a lot. And I respect them trying to ground this world in reality, but I just... There was just a piece missing for me, and I don't know what that piece is yet. I think I might have to watch it again to figure it out, but there was something missing. Like, I could taste it. I was like, what is that? (laughs) Let's some more, some more we pepper. need some more salt. We need some more like you know what I mean? We just need a little more spice. Like I just need a little something else. But anyway, um yeah, seven point eight out of ten. Um I'll agree with you, uh seven point eight out of ten. I mean, because it's it's an action movie, you're not trying to be like wowed 
out of the world. It's not like when you're watching action movies, you're not really trying to escape and imagine a different world. You know, Charlize, of course, that action is her drama. Her genre, she's tried with comedy. It's kind of eh. But action is her, that is her bread and butter. She's basically the female rock. Yo, Charlize, don't dye your hair blonde anymore because you in dark hair, that is fire. It's amazing, like, right? It's Avion so Flux, this movie, keep your hair in like dark and, and short. Woman, <laughs> woman, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I'll give it a seven out of eight. You know, Kiki did a wonderful job. And hopefully, this movie elevates her to other roles because, like Jermaine said, you were left kind of wanting overall in um in Native Son, mm-hmm. not just from her character, but the movie in general. So, hopefully, you know, this builds her a higher profile and she's able to do more and better work. Yeah. Very cool. So moving on, we're continuing with this Christopher Nolan festival. Although, I mean, at this point, there's no real point for it. We're just going to do it anyways, though. <laughs> but um, keep moving forward. Okay. So we talked about Inception. Sorry, we watched Inception. And we're, now we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> starring, oh, what? Hello? Okay. Starring <laughs> um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And Tom Hardy and that girl from Juno. Ellen and Page. yeah. Um and Marion Collard. My French beauty. Okay. So, so many French people in this episode. French. Oh, yeah. Who else is French? Wait. Isn't Charlize a French name? She's South African. Oh, oh really? I did, wow, what? Was oh, it, isn't that French influence? I don't in know. South Africa? I don't know. What are you talking about? I thought they you were talking English about there. the guys. So they speak French too. Side people, the other dudes in the group. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay, we're all turned on here. <laughs> so, Inception. <laughs> I feel like we've all watched this movie before, so we could just go into it. It's, it's always fun to be watching Nolan movies, though. Yeah. I actually, like, had... I feel like this is a movie that you got to watch more than once or else you're not... Like, I was like... When yeah. I first watched it, I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Who... Where are we? Are we in a dream? Like, what level are we on? It was so confusing. And I know he likes to challenge his audiences to, like, figure it out. But my guy, when I tell you, I was like, what? 13, 12? I don't know how old I was. I was like, I'm not figuring this out. Twenty. This is what, 2010 it came 10 out? Years so you're, ago. Yeah, so it's half your age. I was 14. Yeah. I'm like, who about to go pay more money to go watch this movie again to try to understand <laughs> the plot? Like, get out of here. <laughs> Netflix was on the round back then. You couldn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, Netflix wasn't honest. there. Exactly. Or maybe it was. I just didn't have it. But, um, well, yeah, what did we think about this movie? Straight heat. <laughs> the second time around, yes, it's straight heat. Always straight heat. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think this movie is the perfect example of this movie explains Christopher Nolan perfectly to what you just said. Because at the time we weren't able to rewatch like all these movies like we do now. So at the time when you're you only could see Inception once and that was the main movie where everybody started having theories about how the movie ends and whatnot because it was impossible to see it again. 
Mm-hmm. But in your subsequent rewatching, you he kind of reveals all the information that you wanted that you kind of theorized. Like I rewatched and I was like, wait, she puts the her top in the safe. How does he get in there? And then wait, he just said you can't use somebody else's memento. Why is he using her? Like all those clues that you don't pick up on the first time, you're able to watch it now and have a proper discourse on in which is amazing mm-hmm. especially given the age of this movie yeah it's a great all-star cast uh joseph gordon levitt i would love to see him in more things maybe i just need to go and watch uh joseph gordon levitt movies but i just love his poise when he acts there's like an elegance about him mm. And um, Tom Hardy, man, he's pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. He had that same poise, too. But he's so dynamic as an actor. I mean, this man... I have to give Nolan credit for his um, his casting team because they cast these people perfectly in their roles. And they work, like, they work well together. I enjoyed the interplay between Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon's characters. Like they're little, like they're like two kid, the two siblings going at it, whenever mm. they're on screen together. Which I do, I love those little touches when people are on screen together. But yeah, this movie, I think, um, as far as to me visually, because we've seen it enough times, you know, we can rewind it. I think this movie is the beginning of. Because Tennis not coming out, so I could probably explain this. It's that shift of Nolan's style of directing. Because if you look at Nolan's other earlier work, you kind of do see that um, he's a, a, act, a director who likes cuts. And usually you see most directors use a master shot to frame everybody so you know they're all in relation together. If you look at his earlier movies, he mostly relies on close-ups to heads talking cutting back and forth so you really have no spatial awareness of where characters are and then he'll cut to oh this character grabs something with their hand and he doesn't really do those panning shots or if you watch alan sorkin stuff how he does those um those long talking shots of people walking in a corridor and he follows them he starts that now like post post imax because he said um him and his dp said based on the framing of imax they have to frame differently so with IMAX, the difficulty he had using it, he had to change his directorial style and it also evolved in a way because now he's relying on, like we saw with Dunkirk, he's, Nolan's movies used to be very dialogue heavy, like talking head, talking head, talking head, talking head. But now, like we see the arm, um, he's letting the scenes breathe a lot more. Like there's just slow shots of just the environment to draw you more in and stuff like that. So this, I think this, this movie more so than um, Dark Knight really shows his evolution as a director and expanding his style and repertoire. Yes, I agree. Um, Yeah, I feel like this movie is very immersive just because it has to be, like, because you're going into people's subconscious. So, like, you kind of have to, like, the whole point of it is, like, you have to map out what your environment looks like in order for it to be real to the person that you're implanting the dream into, if I'm is that how it works? Yeah. 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 Who knows? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I really enjoyed it upon multiple watches or rewatches because I actually understood what was going on. So it was, it was nice to kind of follow the plot and understand the themes that they were trying to get across and stuff. I think everyone was amazing in this movie. Killian Murphy is like, I don't know why he doesn't get as much recognition as he. Sh- I feel like he deserves more because he is fantastic, like in everything. Um, and I feel like with him and Leo, they're really the people who are who emotionally you're trying to like stay with or you have to stay with during the duration of the film. So like, he's amazing. Leo was great. I love when Leo isn't screaming. I love both performances. So I'm I was very happy with this performance because he wasn't yelling a lot and I respected that. Because um, <laughs> honestly, um, he needs to stop that. Um, yeah, I really liked that. Is everything okay? You're good. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. So I was like... <laughs> You're talking. So. Okay. Um, I, so one of the most impressive scenes in the movie, obviously, is the hallway fight scene. Um, where he does, like... You're, you're like it's like a practical uh practical set set yeah, yeah where you're like spinning where it's spinning and then i just watched like how they had to like build that joint how everything had to be precise how they had to like build in the cameras for that how they had to rehearse for weeks to like figure it. i was just like y'all this is too much work for a, for a scene that's on screen for like 30 seconds dedication man i don't understand because that's just so hard first of all Trying to build an action sequence in that environment feels completely foreign. Like, I don't even know how the stunt people even did that. Because your set is moving. Like, and you still have to be aware of the cameras. That's the thing. Like, I don't... Everyone who's a part of his crew, whoever he uses, and I think he he stays with the same people as he goes from project to project, they're very good at their jobs. Because honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I would I wouldn't have been able to figure it out. Like <laughs> it's a real expertise. Like it's an art to be able to do something. I think. Yeah. I think the only movie he he extensively uses a lot of CGI was um, Interstellar. But even then in Interstellar, he still uses those typical cinematic framing and shot composition that you would usually use. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But most of the time he's he's one of those directors who's like, I'm just gonna dwell in um practical effects which yeah which is very rare it's rare these days still and and i heard he had the script way before he did anything else i think like 2002 and that every time he would finish a movie he would go back to the script and warner brothers was just like yeah just do it like it wasn't a remake it wasn't a sequel it was just like an original idea and they were like yeah sure here's a bunch of like tons of millions of dollars just to make whatever you want like i would love to get to that level where it's like we don't even know. Just do it. Yeah, that was <laughs> his, that whatever you think do is good. His his Batman deal. He was like, I'll do the Batman movie, so I also get to do my own movies, and it worked out in his favor. So that's when you know you made it when people are just throwing money at you because you're so good at your job. They're just like, make the film that you want to make. So yeah, that was dope. It was dope. I I feel like we don't do we know if it was a dream at the end or if it wasn't. I think the point was that it doesn't matter because. Yeah. Like, whatever you think is your reality is your reality. It's real to you. And I think that's what he was trying to say. So I didn't even get into the debate. I was like, I don't care. 
<laughs> to me personally, Cobb's reality in the movie was always his dream. Right. You know, because so he, the only that... way he could the only way he could see his kids is if he dreams about them, like stuff like that. He's he's been away so long. The only way he could feel that happiness he wants to, where his wife's still alive and all that, is in the dream. The dream is the reality he wants. So right. So yeah. that is. So it's real to him. So then that's that's, that's it. All that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. Um. Yeah. So okay. I think we can break this now. I guess I'll go first again. Um, give it a nine out of ten. It's the first time I watched it. I didn't get it, but now that I watched it. It's a visual masterpiece. Um, what more can I say? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Same here. Ten out of ten. Um, it's. I think it's that Nolan movie that everybody like. Instant classic. Put a stamp on the world. Like I'm here. My movies are weird. They make you think. Get used to it. And everybody's like, Yeah, fuck it. I'll accept it. And you know, yeah. Ten out of ten. Yeah. I- we will give it like a 9.7 out of 10 just because I didn't get it when I watched it and I did have to watch it. And it's not that, I, that not understanding it is bad. It's just, I don't know. I kind of, in order for me to connect to something, I feel like I need some type of real relatability to it. And that's just a personal thing. So for me, it wasn't like a, but um, visually, yeah, it was stunning. The performances were great. The writing was awesome. The directing, every everyone just did an amazing job. And so, yes, that's what I'm giving it. I think we have to rank all the movies at the end of this, right? Yeah, let's, let's do it. I mean, we got time. Tenet doesn't come out till next year anyway. Ouch. And with that, I guess you can go straight into the news since, <laughs> since you're already there. You know, yeah, so Tenet's uh, been, Tenet was originally supposed to come out in August. Well, not even August. It was really just scheduled for, what, this week, the 17th. Then it got pushed back to the 31st. Then August, and now it's uh, being pushed back to next year. Um, I mean, and it's good. It builds that anticipation for it, I guess, in a way, because we're dying to see it. Um, so he's not, their, their, their goal was never to treat it like a typical, you know, digital release. They're trying to do, they were trying to do the traditional global and release date thing. And yeah, and they, it, the virus messed him up. Um, piggybacking off that, the issue is, though, is because um, Hollywood here, this is the major film market for a lot of production companies in the U.S., so they're still trying to adapt how they go. They're calling it a catastrophe. Um, yeah, and so they're worried about if all the other upcoming blockbusters are delayed. Because, as you know, I mentioned Tenet's being pushed back, Mulan's pushed back, even Spongebob's been pushed back. Um, The the problem is, because even though there's a big European film market, you know, you have your British films, the Russian film market, the the Asian film market in China and Japan, the U.S. tends to be, it counts to the, the bulk of that summer box office release. So... They're like, even in France, majority of the movies people go see are 70% American films. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll see these film these film studios. Because every, every film studio seems like it's owned by a TV network, which has a streaming platform. So maybe some will be pushed there. I mean, Disney already has 
what two platforms already in between the Hulu and Disney Plus. So we'll see how that goes. Um, for all you Game of Thrones fans, uh, the Game of Thrones prequel, House of Dragons, has begun its casting process. Um, yeah, it's supposed to set be set 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Um, Ryan um, Ryan Kondo is a showrunner, um, along with Michael Sapotnik, who wrote um, Battle of the Bastards and Winters of Winter. Oh, Miguel? So, Miguel, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully we'll, they'll be able to, f- to fill that bad taste in everybody's mouth about the last season or the last two seasons. Um, the key figures that are probably going to be involved in it are King Viserys. He's the fifth Targaryen king. Um, his daughter, a bunch of other people who, the queen, um, his half-brother. So we'll see how it expands upon the Game of Thrones world with that. Um, That's crazy. You know they actually shot an entire pilot and then trashed it. Yeah, I think they shot two. They were they shot one. They had two ideas for prequels, oh. and they they cut one and stuck with this one. So we'll see know. how that goes. Um, Ryan Gosling, everybody's favorite former Mickey Mouse Club member, that's not named Justin Timberlake, or Britney Spears, or Christina Aguilera. Um, is, not our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> is about to go head to head with Captain America in a Netflix movie called Grey Man, which carries a budget of about $200 million. Um, So, But it's not a new thing. The streaming services will just write out a check, say, here. We don't care, because they know, A, they'll get it back when people subscribe to the platform for it, and they already have their user base locked in. So even though it might not seem profitable for them, in the long run it is, um, Grey Man follows an ex-CIA operative uh, turned killer for hire. Um who goes after an old colleague, um, Gosling goes after Evans, is also going to be helmed by the Russo brothers. So mm. I guess they're they're turning into that Scorsese, you know, wheel, uh, uh, Nolan wheelhouse of sticking with their favorite actors, this one being Chris Evans. <laughs> and along with that, Chris Evans and, um, dang, Robert Downey Jr. reached out to a little boy who saved his sister from being attacked by a dog. So, yeah. And drum roll, please. Somebody, 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 somebody. Beyonce just released her trailer for Black is King. Um, So, yeah, if you want to go take a look at that, it's online. The movie, well, the visual album will be streaming on Disney Plus starting July 31st. And it features contributions from um, creators from all over Africa, South Africa, Nigeria, Guyana, Ethiopia, Namibia, Cameroon, Liberia, Burundi, all, all thems, all thems, all thems. She's pulling a Drake. So. She's pulling a Drake? What did Drake do? Uh, is she pulling a Drake? I don't know. I don't know. How is it a Drake? She's biting the style. I don't think it's different. I think it's an homage to style. Drake hops on ways that already exist long before and say he he brings it to the forefront so you know i knew about dancehall before drake did so hey well yeah, not I think we all did i think we were all very aware of what it was <laughs> so before drake yeah. decided to oh, never mind let me go back to my that's a long that's a long that's a different so, yeah. conversation that you don't want to have <laughs> <laughs> literally don't 
Um, okay, so oh, Nicki Minaj is pregnant. Just in case anyone oh. cares about that. Yeah. Um, mm. Congratulations, Nikki. Con- con- congrats. Did y'all, that, did y'all know that she was married? Yeah. It's a uh, long. Your it's girl did long, not know that. Okay. It's a long thing to like an an ex con or something like that. Oh. Apparently, he murdered somebody. Oh, that's less interesting. He's all right. So backstory. Um, <laughs> yes, get into it. I love it. <laughs> so backstory. <laughs> Nikki is kind of in a precarious, weird position. Yeah. Um, her brother had a, um, a sex offenders case, based, and she's basically, you know, the family thing is to defend your family. But the issue some people have with her is her husband's also a former sex offender. Um, and also she associates with Takashi X9, who is also mm-hmm. a sex, a sex offender. offender. So there's a lot of things like I think at one point she was making fun of people for talking about her marriage and she was like, oh, y'all don't know my husband doesn't even go on the phone. And part of stipulations is sex offenders can't really use social media like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I wish it's a weird predicament to be in. I don't know. I wish all her and her child the best. You know, hope everything turns out okay with them. But yeah, that's all I can say on that. Okay, interesting. I didn't know there was all this stuff. I had, I stopped paying attention to her, so I'm not really sure what was going on in her life. Oh. But yeah, that's kind of why I stopped paying that's... attention to her. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that was just, that was just the latest news that jumped off today. So, um, okay. So what did we watch over this past week? Not really related, but kind of related. It's a music theme. Uh, I watched Guava Island, and it wasn't a bad movie. It was short. It was kind <laughs> of entertaining. The, I think my favorite thing about it was that they had a lot of dark-skinned people in the movie, and I don't see a lot of dark-skinned people in the industry. You know, we had Wesley Snipes, but he went to jail. So... I was just happy to He's see. He's not even in them. jail anymore. Like, Boy, he's been out for well, he came out. Okay, he came out and did. Dark skin people in the industry. There's a good amount of brown and black people in this industry. Not as much as there needs to be, but you know. True. 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 We have some representation. Some. Anyway, it was pretty good. I like. I liked. It was basically his album in movie form. It was good. I liked it. <laughs> I don't have I watched anything. I don't even know. All I know is I've been watching Letter Kenny. If you haven't, get on it. Um, but yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've really watched anything that you know blew my mind so far. So. Okay. Um. Well, speaking of Rihanna. This isn't a movie, but um, she's coming out with a skincare line, and she's doing one for men, and ASAP Rocky, who was gorgeous, is in that video. That's all I wanted to say about that. Um, Look, he needs to stick to modeling, because... Mm. Right. right. Because what? What happened? Oh, no, he's not a rapper anymore, basically. He just needs to... Oh, okay. I was like, y'all know something? <laughs> he's crazy. Like... This is a tangent, sorry, but he did I talk about this already? That he did a talk at Oxford? No, I don't think so. 
you know, Oxford has like the Oxford Union where they have people come on to have discussions. And he, and I was like, okay, wait, why is he doing one? Because he's a rapper, but he's not even like a prolific rapper. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's not like a Kendrick Lamar. And I was confused on why he was there. But anyways, he was, she showed up to the joint and said the most craziest, reckless, like, I can't believe this is like something that he's actually thinking and words are coming out of his mouth and he's saying this at Oxford. I was shocked. Y'all need to go on YouTube and watch that interview. How you just, you just need to do it. Like I, I was I was shook. Okay. I was shook when he was talking. I said on a on a scale of August Alcina to <laughs> Kanye West, how reckless was it? It was closer to Kanye. And that's not a good thing. Okay. It's not a good thing. But it's it, it wasn't it wasn't Kanye-esque in the just absurd insanity of it. It was just like you know how you talk with your boys, but it's not something you would actually say in front of other people. It's just something that you would say in your group of like a group of boys. Like he said he was doing like locker room talk in public, but it didn't make any like I can't, I can't even exp- articulate it that well. I just need you guys to go see the interview. Like, it was, uh, I was like, are you, what are you saying right now? And some of it was hilarious. I was actually crying, but some of it was just like, oh, these are your legit opinions, and I'm a little afraid of you right now. Anyways, what? That, that was a whole thing. So it was, it was a, he pulled a Nick Cannon then? A Nick Cannon? Yeah. In what regard? I don't know. Never mind then. Like the stuff that Nick Cannon said recently after he got fired? Yeah, that kind of whole just talking without thinking, basically. Yeah, it was just... I I can't even... So basically, (laughs) they asked him about, like, uh, you know, racial racial slurs and stuff in his music. Because, you know, he's black, so he's going to say the n-word and stuff but they were asking him like okay so you know you have white audience people like audience who listen to your music and when they say it like how do you feel about that and blah 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 and he was just like honestly like i don't care like i feel like we're i feel like our generation is just like racist when like we don't we don't mean to be racist it just happens and i was just like what are you talking now this (laughs) is jermaine just puts his head down and and just gives (laughs) up This interview is not recent. It came out oh, maybe man. like four years ago. Okay. Either way, I don't know if his opinions have changed or not. I I'm not sure. But it was stuff like that. It was like on. That's what I'm saying. Like it was like closer to a Kanye kind of thing, where it's just like you're black, but not, I don't know what's going on up there. Like I'm not sure if it's the drugs or if it's I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyways, all I had to say is that he's really cute and I just wish he wouldn't talk. That's basically my, that was, that's my conclusion. What I watched though, is I started watching. <laughs> I didn't even get to what you watched. Oh my God. I just had to say that because I need everyone to experience what I experienced with that interview. Like, anyway, I watched, I started watching The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, and it is so good. I'm very invested in it, and I don't even be into basketball like that, but I do love it to a, lo- to a level where I was like, yes, I understand everything that you're talking about, and I ever- understand everything that you want. Like, I get it. It's very good. Um, I crazy. Which, what I have, I'm episode not you on? I'm on episode six. But I saw the episode with Kobe in it, and I, oh my god, I, when I tell you, I almost cried, like, 
Nah, that was that that's was, unfair. That really that, that was good. Up. That episode was good though. Look, that really I'm, I'm still mad at ESPN because they advertised it as a whole Kobe Jordan episode about them. Kobe was only in that thing for like two seconds, bro. Right. Two seconds. Two minutes. Five was, minutes at the most. I was and mad I was when like, they mm, y'all wrong for that one, ESPN. Um they it was just, it was just sad. Like I, Kobe was like my introduction to basketball. Um, like me and my dad and my sister like watched that final. Oh man, years ago, years ago. Whenever they, whenever they were in it, the Lakers were like, I'm sure they were in it multiple times. But like, it was a long time ago. And I was just like, oh wow, this is so cool. Like, he's so cool. And then I was just like, he's gone, and I can't watch him anymore. Him dying was like the start of like the 2020 going into the toilet. Like. Absolutely. What was what was the movie Chris Brown died in? Dang it! What was the movie again? Oh, Stomp the Yard. Yes, they pulled the Stomp the Yard advertising that episode on ESPN. Okay. I, I heard about the that whole thing, but see, I forgot about it, and then I remembered it when I was watching it. I was like, oh wait, Kobe's was gonna be in this, and then he was in like in it for five minutes. And I was like, yeah. maybe that's as much as my heart could take. So I'm okay. It was still good though. It was good. Kobe's crazy. Not Kobe. Jordan's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's well, very it's... interesting. I haven't got to the part where he's like lost his mind yet. I, I'm guessing that's coming, but like. That man done been lost his mind. So. Very interesting. I'm starting to understand like athletes' mentality. And that's a little dangerous. Whatever they got, that little right. competitive dream. That's, that's crazy. Little, it's... That's a little, yeah. It's excessive. It's, it's excessive and not healthy, but it helps them be great. I don't know. I don't understand that psychology at all. But borderline narcissistic kind of thing. Yeah, like I have mm-hmm. to be the best, and I'm like, well, how, like how much do you need to do to prove that until you feel at peace with yourself for knowing that you've accomplished as much? You know what I'm saying? Like it's like a never-ending pit of like. I must do this and I must do that in order for, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's very interesting. That's all I'll say. It's very interesting. Okay. Well, that's our episode. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. Guys, guess what episode number this is. I don't know. Guess. 42. 50. 50. Yay. Technically, our anniversary is one of these days. One of these days. I don't know what it was. One of these days. Numbers are crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys know what? Oh, never mind. We'll talk about it later. Um. (laughs) Yeah, full full grown parents. So all you listeners out there, close the door. We're not trying to um, cool off the outside, man. Stop letting the AC out the house. Wow. Because that's what parents would say. Oh. Yeah. Look, man. Come on, now. I was just trying to make people laugh, man. You know. Trying to bring joy to the world. The jokes are not hitting tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently our anniversary will be the 27th. So yay. Oh, next week. Next week. Okay, so we're going to do something for that one. Yes. <laughs> All right, cool beans. Well, we'll so hear us next week on our anniversary. Have a beautiful day. Wear a mask. Love each other. I laugh at my jokes even if they don't make sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys.